this is Lee Gerstman, and you're listening to Vicky's Vagina. What? That's not the name of my show. Oh, oh, uh, I mean Vieira's Vagina. No, man, it's Vieira Vault. That's what she said. Hey, Schmackamagab, everybody. It's time for another Vieira Vault. And this week I got the great Lee Gerstman to join me to talk about Cheap Trick's 1980 album, All Shook Up. But before we get into the review, I'm doing something that I haven't done in a long time and I've been promising to do it. Well, I've been promising to do it the last two episodes. And here I am doing it. Talking about the reviews I've been getting. And hey, I got an iTunes review uh, from Angel Canino. And he says, or maybe it's a she, I don't know, it's Angel, could go either way. Uh, Great podcast, talks about bands I grew up listening to with the occasional tidbit or information that gives me some context on how records and songs were created. The vault song at the end is always welcome. Great job. Great job, you, Angel, leaving that comment. Um, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And, uh, hey, we need more iTunes reviews. And, uh, and then I'm going to, uh, go here. I know I got so many comments on YouTube that I can't read them all because I've been lacking. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about the comments I got in the last two episodes, the ACDC episodes with Will Carroll and Edward Canastracci. First one is from JW99. He said, I enjoy the hell out of listening to all you guys. Keep up the good work, Ralph. Thank you so much, uh, JW. And let me let me reply to him right now. Right, right there. I just replied to him. Uh, JJT wrote, Flick of the Switch, last great ACDC album in my opinion. Black Back in Black is flawless, and for those about to rock, is great too. But it's no Back in Black. I got to agree with you, JJT. If you, you listen to the episode, you know what I meant. You know what I mean. I agree with you 100%. Uh, Gilberto Caballero wrote, I was re-listening to some of your old episodes, and I got to say, these episodes about Queen are one of the best. Oh, this is a, well, Yohalamo. This is going back to episode 28. Um, Your guest in this one, Yohalamo, is very funny and entertaining to hear. He doesn't have a podcast or channel on his own, does he? No, he doesn't, Gilberto, but uh, he should. And I will get Yohalamo back because Yohalamo rules, man. Uh, Thank you for the comment. And uh, Gilberto. Next one is from Tom Fagan that says, The three songs from the the time on Backtrack, Snake Eyes, Borrow Time, and Down on the Borderline, are better than seven other songs that made up Blow Up Your Video album. Wasn't this also the session that several uh, three or five demos were stolen and ACDC just... Abandon the songs? That's a good question, Don Fagan, and I don't know. Maybe Edwin would have known that. If I would have known that, I would have asked him, but I'm not sure about that. All right, next one, my good buddy, Abby and Hannah's dad. Great dude. He wrote, "Black Back in Black is a perfect album, not a single dud on the album. Thank you, Abby. 
Alexander Frick. He wrote, 1976 to 1981 period is crucial with five, six inputs from black and white period. Oh, that he's talking about uh, the Bloyser Cult episode, which was 83. Um, there's many more comments, but I'm going to stop right here. But in future episodes, I'm going to be up to date with the YouTube and the iTunes. And I also want to thank everybody that shares. I'm going to start writing down your names. I know James West is one of them. I don't want to continue saying names because I know I'm going to forget people. But all you people that share the Vieira Vault, I will mention you in future episodes. I'm going to write it down when I see people share the Vieira Vaults. So, uh, all right. So, this is great. This is a great review. Lee, in his uh, inebriated state, joins me in talking about All Shook Up, Cheap Trick. And I talk about how I thought of him for this at the last minute. This is a last minute thing. I'm reco- I recorded this on Friday. Now I'm airing it on on a Sunday. Which, by the way, that means I'm out of episodes. So next Friday, hopefully I'll get Will Carroll and we'll talk about The Who. If not, I'll figure something out because every Sunday, I haven't been bad yet, man. I've only missed two of them since I left the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. And again, I must stress, I've done so many fan-paid reviews, but if there's anybody out there that you paid for the Rock and Pod to be on uh, Rock and Metal, and if you want to be on the VR Vault, that's the most important part. If you want to take part in doing it on my show, please hit me up and we'll make it happen. So here is the review of All Shook Up with Lee Gershman. Enjoy. I got with me the great Lee Gershman. Hi, Lee. Ah, I'm like grated cheese, the grated Lee Gerstman, and rubber cement to you too, buddy. What the fuck are you talking about now? I'm I'm talking about rubber cement. Didn't you ever sniff it as a kid? Yeah. Didn't you ever? Didn't you ever rub noses with your best friend and get your noses stuck together, well, man? I that. wish I could visit you and do some Eskimo glue. <laughs> you really frightened me. Um, only if I slightly really frighten you, that's fine. But if I really frighten you, then I'm I'm, I'm going to have to do something about that. Right. Oh, hey, Lee. So, la- so last night, I wake up like around 4.30 in the morning. And I was, and you know, I had some music playing because I-, I sleep to music. And okay. on my iPod shuffle and Go For Your Throat, Use Your Own Imagination came on, which is off Cheap Tricks All Shook Up. And it's such a wacky album. It's such a huh. wacky song that I thought, who would be the best person to review this album than Wacky Ass Lee? Yeah. Like a whack paddle on the butt. Hey, Butley. Butley hurt, but I don't hurt. That went over my head. Ah, uh, it didn't go over my head. It went on my butt. 
All right, Lee. Well, anyway, Lee, were you aware of this? Oh, yeah, and there's another thing. At like 4.30 in the morning, I said, yeah, man, I'm going to do an episode of this. Let's see if Lee's available. So I write Lee at 4.30 in the morning. And, and I was. Like, yeah, and I, and I wrote him, and I said, hey, Lee, can you do my podcast tonight? We'll do Cheap Trick. I'll shook up thinking, you know, he'll reply to me later in the day. Motherfucker just, what the hell were you doing up at that time? Hey, man, I don't sleep. Oh, sleep is well, for Well, no, I, I do, but I don't sleep at times that people want me to sleep. Like now, you're sleeping now. Um, Almost. All right, well, Lee, uh, did you know about this album before I told you? Uh, how many minutes do you want me to say? Like sure. 10 seconds or two minutes or what? About 30 It's a simple question. Have you heard this album before I told I'm you? I'm being funny with you. <laughs> uh, well, I make, was make in me, Los hey, Angeles. Hey, Lee, 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 Lee. When you're being funny with me, make sure I laugh. No. Well, then if you laugh, then I know you're feeling happy, and that gives me pain. Oh, that's right. You love my misery. Um, sometimes, sometimes I only like it. So, so anyway, have you heard this album before? Um, I was in Los Angeles, it was probably around. The time that this album came out, I was visiting my sister and I went to the library and the person who checked out my albums looked like a young Deborah Harry and I thought she was kind of hot looking and I took this album out of the library and I heard it. I never owned it. It was the... First album Cheap Trick did at that time that I didn't own, but I still heard it. And when I heard it in L.A., I thought it's the perfect place to hear it because it it just had that vibe. I was thinking of the hot Deborah Harry looking librarian, and it was it was interesting. And then. I hadn't heard it for a long time, and then occasionally I would hear it again. But I don't hear it much. It's it's not one of the albums that I go to usually. I usually go to either their first album or Dream Police when I go to hear a Cheap Trick album. But occasionally... I will go to this album just to hear it once in a while. And so I heard it again tonight, and yeah. Now I'm sleeping. Hey! I'm kidding! All right, Lee. You want well, some Quaker Oats up your butt? Again? <laughs> I, I'm, I, I, there's no more Sorry. Quaker Oats that can fit they don't in my butt. call me... Kellogg, the killer crunchy dwarf for nothing. Never mind. Uh, I like to meet they. Uh. All right, yeah. Lee. Well, 
Well, Lee, I discovered this too when it well when it first came out. I bought it, and uh, I absolutely loved this album for a while. It was my favorite cheap trick album, but then I was like, well, "Who am I kidding here?" I'm just saying it's my favorite tr- cheap trick album because it's nobody's favorite cheap trick album. So I want to be countercultural, but it is a great, great album. I love this album. It's wacky. It's it's really kooky, and you know, at that time, you know, cheap trick uh, was a little overexposed with Budokan and Dream Police, and when this album came out, all my friends hated it. You know, the album cover looks kind of like New Wave and, and oh, Cheap Trick, yeah, man, you know, it's not it's, <clears throat> it's not a good album. And I was like, damn, I really like this album. I wonder why these people don't like it. I, I don't know. But yeah, anyway, <clears throat> I bought it. I loved it. I saw the tour, UFO open, had a big eye during uh, High Priest of Rhythmic Noise. <clears throat> and I just think it's a really exceptionally great album. Uh, but yeah. it does have its flaws, and uh, we will talk about those flaws uh, when we get to it. Yeah, but I might have um, more to say about the flaws than you will. I'm pretty sure you will, because after all, your musical taste sucks. Hey, what? No, I'm sorry. It I, sucks I, up goodness. It sucks up oatmeal out of people's ass. Hey, hey, hey! That's what, now that's, that's what, not a bad thing. I know. It's oatmeal not. up your butt. It ain't a bad thing. Hey, Grandpa. Right on, Lee. All right, Lee. I'm gonna let you kick off this this review with track one, which is "Stop This Game." What do you think of "Stop This Game"? Okay, well, this is one of the best songs on the album. It's the most original sounding song on it, and it has a progressive rock edge. Which is interesting. So, thumbs up for me. Right on. This is one that it took it took some growing for me. I love it, but you know, it's not one of my favorites on the album. But I still love it. I just think it was a weird way. And did you notice, Lee? The intro to the song is that note that builds before Robin Zander starts singing. You know what that's about? I don't, but. I don't mind if you tell me. All right. You know, the the person that produced this album was George Martin. Yeah. From, you know, from the Beatles. Well, that note that starts the album is the same note that ends Day in the Life, Sgt. Pepper. You know when they hit that piano? That Did they last use chord? that same exact note? I think so. I could be wrong. I think That's so. That's cool. So, it, you know how... Day in Life fades out, this is kind of like it fading back into this album. It's so like saying, stop this game with the day in the life, make it make it like now. I don't know what I said, but you know. Me neither. Yeah. <laughs> right well, I, 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 I do love this song. It's It's strange. I could do without the Ding, ding, that little, what is that, a xylophone or something? Bing, 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 Yeah, bing, I bing. kind of like that. I mean, I, I could I could hear it without it, but I think that even with that little weird thing in it, I do think that it does work. 
it, it might not be like the very best thing on the song, but it doesn't ruin it for me. Yeah, I'm, no, it doesn't really ruin it for me, but I, I would prefer to have it without it because I have seen them play it live and you don't hear that live, so I prefer the live version. But anyway, yeah. I dig it. What do you think of the next track, Just Got Back? Okay. Um, it's the best filler song on the album. I do like it, but it sounds a little bit too rockabilly for my taste. Still, I wouldn't skip it. I, you know, honestly, I think this song should have kicked off the album. And you still use that Beatles chord building up and then bam, go into the drums. I think this would have been a perfect opener for the album. I absolutely love this song. This song is fucking awesome. It's epic. It's extremely short. And the lyrics are based on a story that Robin Zander was writing, a novel. Oh. Solid, Solitary Sam and all these characters in the song. But uh, it's very short to the point. And, but I don't mind that. It doesn't overstay its welcome for one second. I think it's a kick-ass rockin' tune. And uh, then yeah. it goes in, then it goes into the next track, which is... I was going to say quickly that even though I think that this would have been a better first song other than Can't Stop the Music, I will say I do kind of like Can't Stop the Music better. Okay, uh, that's legitimate. I got no gripe there. I'll take Just Got Back, but not by much. All right, All right. Then, then we go into the next track, which is Baby Loves to Rock. What do you think of this one? Okay, a filler song that sounds like they were painting by the numbers. The only interesting moment in the song was a small part of Rick Nielsen's solo sounding like Alan Wilson of Canned Heat. And I thought that was interesting and cool. Other than that, I would have to say that um, I would have wanted to hear something with a little more originality. My okay. thumbs don't go up or down for this song. They're it's asleep. Halfway. All right. Well, to me, it's kind of like an ode to my generation because it has that little yeah. structure with the guitar and Robin Zander stutters in the song, like my generation. Uh, that is Rick Nielsen on the bass. When you hear oh. that, that guitar solo, then the bass solo going back and forth, that's Rick Nielsen playing bass. At the time... Tom That's Peterson, cool. Tom Peterson did play on the album, but he was, he was, he was gone. He didn't do this tour. It was Pete Comita. He left the band uh, shortly huh. after recording this album. But so that was one of the songs that he was not on. That yeah, and I, I could be wrong, but I think there's a few other songs that it's all Rick on bass. But I I could be wrong. I'm pretty oh, sure. Okay. I'm pretty sure Rick played all the bass on the next album, One on One. But um, Oh, okay. I have to but, tell you that even though I'm giving you my opinions on this album now, it doesn't mean that I won't continue to hear it again, and I might change my mind in further listens. But for right now, these are the things that I'm thinking of them. Right on, right on. Well, I, I do dig the song. It became kind of a 
concert staple for a while. Then they took it off the set list. And the last, I don't know if it was the last time or the time before, they brought it back out. That, I saw them play this and stop this game. And the last time I saw, one of the last times I saw them, they played both songs, which was wow. uh, refreshing because they haven't played them in so long. That's All right. cool. Then we go into the next track, which is Can't Stop It, But I'm Gonna Try. What do you think of this one? Uh, well, this makes me want to hear the Rolling Stones song One Hit to the Body instead. I don't hate this song, but it's filler to me. It's okay, but very middle of the road. All right. Uh, this is my favorite song off the album. Oh. I, I love this song. And another thing, too, is that all the albums before All Shook Up contain songs from their club days. This is the first album. This is the first album they recorded all from scratch. And yeah, yeah, this is like there's no old material on this. That's why it does sound very different than than the albums before, for the most part. There are little there are little hints of classic cheap trick on here, but. This is all brand new material, huh. and uh, I love it. And I love when they played it on Saturday Night Live. It's a great live version. They played Baby Loves to Rock also on Saturday Night Live, which is mm. weird because they played it at the time where Stop This Game was a single. Because the album just came out. They released Stop This Game as a single, and then they do Saturday Night Live, and they don't play Stop This Game. They play Baby Loves to Rock and Can't Stop, but I'm going to try. But yeah. I absolutely love it. All right, then we go to the next one. Very Beatlesque. World's Greatest Lover. What do you think of this one? This is one of my favorite songs on the album. I'm surprised. Because it's a change of pace from most of the other songs. And it totally sounds like a Jeff Lynne and Electric Light Orchestra song. I think they would have done a really good cover version of this. If there were three or four songs like this on the album. I might not like it as much, but I do like it. And I usually don't like Cheap Trick Ballads, but this is cool. I agree with you. I love this ballad. Um, the, the box that brings the demo to the ballad where Rick Nielsen sings the song. Huh. And, yeah, and he does a good job. He does a really good job. That's this song, cool. Rick uh, wrote this song thinking of a guy in World War One in a foxhole writing a letter to his wife or something. Uh, oh, I, right I, I think it brings that lush George Martin production with the strings and Robin singing very Lennon-esque to the song. It's very John Lennon. And this is recorded before John Lennon died. Same oh, year. Okay. Same year. I think they recorded this in February. And, oh, uh, okay. John, where John died in December, and I think he, this album was even released before John died. I got oh, okay. the date it was released, but I know John. John was di died on December eighth, I believe, and you know I know this album didn't come out in December. But anyway, wow, that's the end of side one, Lee. Now we're gonna attack side two. Okay. Now we're now it gets very wacky. Ha. It starts with a high priest of rhythmic noise. What do you think of this one? It's a good song, but even though it's weird, it sounds kind of controlled. 
like the weirdness was for dramatic effect because they knew some fans would like that style. It's like they recycled the weird middle part of the song Dream Police and thought um, nobody would notice. I don't mind the song, but I don't think it was weird enough. Really? Yeah. I think this song is beyond wacky. And I love You haven't it. heard of enough of my music. No, I have. I'm talking about in cheap trick standards. It's very I weird. know, but but uh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. My standards are beyond weird. Yeah, beyond low too. Okay. Well, for a cheap trick song still I think they could have been a little weirder. Well, I like the robotic talking referencing uh, a yeah. future album title. They, the, the robot says, next position, please. I love Robin's voice. Just yeah. a singer in a vine choir. It's such a killer. Weird. They probably influenced Sticks doing Mr. Roboto. Yeah, you know, that's a good point, Lee, because it does I have that. I just thought of that right now. Yep, it does have that robotic voice. So, yeah, yeah, and they're both from Chicago. But I will say that this is a hell of a lot better song than that crap. Well, what isn't? Um, I don't even want to know. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a brain teaser thinking of a worse song than, than Mr. Roboto. Yeah, uh, maybe... Maybe if I heard Perina Catchow commercial for a hundred hours, yeah. that might finally drive me insane. But other than that, nothing else. Okay, stop. Hey, I said stop. Is it is that the commercial though? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a catchy little jingle there, Lee. Yeah, but but not for a hundred hours. Yeah. Especially if my uncle were crawling on the floor. Asking for a steak and going, meow, 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 please, Lee. Meow, 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 please, Lee. Never mind. Please, Lee. Elvis, please, Lee. Yeah. Oh, Elvis, please, Lee. And that album, Bite That Steak, bitch. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, but you know what? I'll take meow, 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 meow for 100 hours over Mr. Roboto for another 100 hours. Uh, 99 hours, yes, but not 100. All right, Lee. Well, well, now we're going to go into the next one. It's a rockin' tune called Love Comes Tumbling Down. What do you think of this one? This is a great song. Kind of like a better version of Aerosmith's Jailbait. This is the type of stuff by Cheap Trick I love. Really awesome. Hell yeah. This song was written about Bon Scott. Huh. Yeah, it's a Bon it's uh Bon Scott just died and cool. uh, Rick wrote the song about Bon Scott. You, if you listen to the lyrics, he says Highway to Hell. Also, he said um he says uh it uh it wasn't Johnny Be Good, but it sounded so great where before Bon died, he joined Cheap Trick on stage and did Johnny Be Good with Angus Young. So That's there's, cool. There's quite a few references. Of, of Bon Scott through the lyrics. They were good friends. They toured They toured with each other. I got many pictures of Bon with Cheap Trick playing pool. Uh, they were tight, man. And this song is about it. And this song fucking rips. Probably the heaviest right song on the album. 
It rocks hard. It kicks much ass. Absolutely yep. love it. And I love the little spoken word in the middle. Uh, you know, dan, 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 and you hear that guy talking. It's yeah, it's just great. a badass tune, man. I love it. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, now we're gonna go into. Uh, I love you, honey, but I hate your friends. What do you think of this one? This is like when Kiss does stuff like any way you want it. It's a little too retro sounding for me. I like some parts of it and it has a bar band vibe to it, like the faces with Rod Stewart, but it feels a little too clap your hands for my taste. It seems to mimic Rod Stewart's song, Hot Legs, in some parts. It's okay, but it could have been better. Well, it's very funny you say that, Lee, because every time I hear this song, it reminds me of the Rolling Stones. I'm like, this is... This is such a Rolling Stones song. And I read an interview with Rick Nielsen saying he was thinking of the faces when he wrote this song. So good catch. Good catch there, Lee. Yeah, Uh, I mean, I also thought of the Rolling Stones, too, but I didn't want to put too many references in what I do because I'm not I'm not like the professor of rock. I'm just a guy who likes to talk about music. Well, I got to say, you are better than the Professor of Rock. Thank you. I'd rather listen to you than the Professor of Rock. Are you? Yeah, thank you, man. Are you talking about the guy from YouTube? Yeah. He's all right, but he's no Lee. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't have to yet wear a hat like him. I dread the day I have to. You don't need no hat. You don't need no stinking hat, Lee. Yeah, I, I I don't even need no brains, but I've well, got them, damn it. You do? That's awesome, Lee. Congratulations. I had no idea. I I don't either. I'm I'm guessing. Yeah. All right, Lee. Well, uh my opinion of the song, I like it, but it's not as good as all the songs before it. And starting here, I think that the album takes a turn for the worse. Uh, yeah, in fact, I'm glad that, that we're agreeing on everything. Right on. Yeah, I think it takes... This is where the album dips. I don't think the rest of the album is as good as everything we've... From Love Comes Dumbling Down to... Yeah, Stop even the- though um, we, we disagreed <laughs> on some songs, I'm glad that, that we've agreed on everything. That's cool. Yeah, but, you know, I do like it. I do like the song. I like the little innuendo of doing cocaine, you know. And uh, I mean, if I was tied up on a chair and I couldn't get out to shut off the radio when this is on, I'd listen to it. Yeah, it's not bad, but it's just not as great as it's a this one. I would definitely call filler. Yeah, it's it's Elvis light. (laughs) Yes. All right. Well, then we go into um. Uh, Go for the throat, use your own imagination What do you think of this wacky ass song? This is an odd song It's like a twisted version of Grease I'm not going to say it's a great song But at least it's unusual I don't mind it, but I don't love it I like it more than I Love You Honey But still, it's not as good as everything before I Love You Honey Yeah, Uh, yeah, 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 I hear you 
what but I do know Tom Peterson does play on the song and I love the bass playing on the song. It's so good. That's the only that's to me the best part of the song. Is you listen to that bass going on during it and it's cool. it's it's just fucking wacky. And the way it starts, yeah. it sounds like psycho, like beep, 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 beep. Like coming through a fucking <laughs> shower curtain with a fucking knife. It's yeah. <laughs> uh, it's wacky ass song. Not as good as uh, you know, the first four or five tracks, but better than I Love You Honey, I will say. But then Yeah, okay. But then it for me it hits a fucking brick wall. What do you think of the next one, which was supposed to be a B-side, and somehow they threw it on the album, Who the King? Are you saying that they kind of like a producer or someone, you know what? You fucked me over bad. I'm going to put the song on the album, you bitch. <laughs> yeah, anyway, that's exactly what happened. It's like, in the right mood, this is going to sound weird, but I could probably listen to a whole album of drum songs like this, but I'm not in the mood to do it tonight, but it's a fun track. I would have been interested in hearing it with guitars and bass and turning into a really cool jamming song, but it works like this. It kind of reminds me of a Quebec band called Tuba Boo. They had cool drums to their sound. I give this an A okay when I'm in the mood for it. So you'd give this one a thumbs up. Um I give this one a quarter thumbs up. That's now. why I wanted you on this show, Lee. Nobody yeah. else would understand who the king except for Lee Gerstman. And and I and I this is the only time that I really cared for it. I mean I I do think that it's like a throwaway. Like if 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 Van Halen did a song like Happy Trails on every album, it might get a little bit weak. Since they did it that one time, it's considered fun. But I feel like Cheap Trick did this one time too many. But... It's a hell of a lot better than some other songs that I don't like at all. Would you say there's a better song uh, there that this song is better than any song on this album? I'm not going to say from this album, but I'm... Well... Um, I would say this probably... Um, is as bad as maybe a couple of songs. Um, I, I'd say probably, uh, probably, uh, shit. Like, I, lo I love you, like, honey. Like, like, um, okay. Yeah. Give, give me a moment. Um, yeah. Can't stop it, but I'm gonna try is not as bad as it, but it's being well, actually, no, probably Baby Loves to Rock is just very slightly better. 
Wow. Well, I think it's a fucking travesty. It was supposed to be a B-side, but for some reason they tacked it on at the end of the album. It's a big head scratcher. Um, Why did they even do it? I don't know. It was, and why I believe the reason they did it was for a B side. That's why they did it. But somehow, oh, you mean like a poop side? Yes. Now that same year, that same year they released a uh, a little EP called "Found All the Parts." Uh huh. Uh-huh. They should have. They should have used some of those songs. Like, uh, do you know a girl? A uh, song from Cheat Trick called "Such a Good Girl." Yeah, that's a awesome pop power pop tune. They should have put that on there instead of Huda King. And everything it's not works my favorite if you let song it. by them, but I do agree it's better than this. And everything works if you let it. I don't know if you know that tune. Um, I had a- found all the parts. Okay, well, yeah, I think uh, everything works and such a good girl would be great on this. I would say Take Me, I'm Yours, which is my favorite Cheap Trick ballad, but you already have World's Greatest Lover. You have George Martin, so I'm fine leaving off my favorite Cheap Trick ballad off this album because I don't think it would have They could have not even put the song on it. They could have just expanded the silence in between tracks like they did with Kiss Dressed to Kill. Right, but it's not, it's not as short as Dressed to Kill. I don't know how how long yeah. this album clocks in. I, I, I'm figuring it's somewhere around 40 minutes. But they could have made it a 37 minute album. Yeah, they, I, I just feel like Huda King is just pointless. But um, but I do like drums, and I do like hearing Bunny Carlos doing drums. So, so that's I. why I don't hate it. Right on. All right. And Lee, I got to say, when I saw this tour live, they played every song on this album except for World's Greatest Lover. Huh. They played Who the King. They and, should have, have not played that and played World's Greatest Lover. Yeah. But they played Who the King and Bunny wasn't alone. There were like three drum sets and I guess road crew guys or somebody. Huh. Two people came out and played it with them. I just Was thought, it pointless? Hey, uh, no, you know, in a live setting, it wasn't as annoying. Um, I but, guess because you saw them smiling and they looked good or whatever. Right. And then, you know, the, of course, they didn't, they, they didn't have it in future set list, but they did a show where they played songs from every album, uh, which is, uh, it's a release called Silver. And mm. they, brought, they brought it back. <laughs> they brought it back on that, on that show. Oh. I was like, Why? But, anyway, but that's it, Lee. That's the end of our review of All Shook Up. Now, since this episode went by too quick, let's talk a little bit more about Cheap Trick. Um, do you have a favorite Cheap Trick album? Is it the first one or Dream Police? Um, it's, it, it, it varies. I would say probably just for right now I'll say it's Dream Police because that's the first album of theirs that I got but sometimes I do like the the first album better I'd say the first album is more heavy in some ways and I like it a lot better 
but just for the time that I got it and my memories of when girls used to chase me in school and I used to think about them when I heard the album, I'm going to say Dream Police. Well, you and I are exactly the same. Uh, Dream Police is my favorite, but sometimes it's the first one. Yeah. there It fluctuates with me. Do you have a favorite yeah. Cheap Trick song? I'd say that probably The House is Rockin' is probably one of my favorite songs by them. Great, great song. And I also like Avedar Sane. Mm-hmm. And occasionally I like Hello, How Are You? So those are the three favorites except i will say the one song that i really love off of in color is hello there ladies and gentlemen so those are my four favorite songs by cheap trick i believe that's tom warman's favorite cheap trick song that's cool yeah hello there yeah which is a great great tune have you ever seen cheap trick live i have not guess how many times i've seen cheap trick live glee Probably more than me. Oh, yeah, of course. You've never seen Probably it. about 50. Keep going. Probably 100. You're right. It's a little wow. over 100. I, I lost count, but it's a little over 100. It's probably like 106, 105, because I have not missed a cheap trick show since 1979 in South Florida, except two. One, because they opened for Poison, and I wasn't going to go see that. Huh. And another time I was going to go see Cheap Trick, and that same night, well, the same day, I got kidney stones attacked. Oh. And I ended up in the hospital, so I couldn't go. So, Are they always good? Every single time. And the good thing about Cheap Trick Live is that they don't play the same set list. They'll play the hits. They'll play I Want You to Want Me, Surrender. They don't play the flame all the time. But every yeah. time I see Cheap Trick, they either play a song I've never seen them play before or a song I haven't seen them play in decades. <clears throat> they always switch cool. it around. And they're that's always amazing cool. live. They're, one, that's why I've seen them over 100 times, man. I mean, because I know every time I go see Cheap Trick, I know I'm going to see something that I've either never seen them play before or something that I haven't seen them play in years. Look, the last time I saw Cheap Trick, no, no, not the last time. The time before that, I they played Houses Rockin' with Domestic Problems. I haven't seen them play that since the Dream Police tour. So That's I'm talking cool. about almost four decades. Do they sometimes see... change things up a little bit as far as how they play? Um, well, no. Uh, you mean like if they change the song around and stuff? Or like, or like do they do any kind of jamming? Uh, well, they do... On like when they play a song like Need Your Love or that when they play a song oh, like okay. Gonna Be Hell, they do some improvising during that long solo sections. Yeah. It's not, it, it, they, they do change it up a bit when I see that. And now, you know, uh, Bunny Carlos is no longer in the band and they yeah. have Rick, Rick Nielsen's son on, on drums, who's phenomenal. I mean, he can play the Bunny parts identical. And now, cool. the, the last time I saw Cheap Trick, they have another member on stage playing guitar, which is Robin's son. And, oh. he's, and he sings really good. And he... Um, That's cool. So they have five members on stage now. And it's always awesome. They, they are the hardest working band. 
this is a band that got huge during Budokan and Dream Police playing arenas. Yeah. And then their popularity like pummeled and they played little tiny clubs and they never stopped. Most bands would stop. Most yeah. bands would be like, fuck this, you know, we're we're struggling playing club. Cheap Trick never did that. They're the hardest working rock and roll touring yeah. band. If you ask me, I can't think of any band that busts their ass more than Cheap Trick. Yeah, I would have liked to have heard Fuse live. I have the Fuse album. <clears throat> yeah, I, I I had it on CD, and that thing was on blaring red. It was like remastered so well, it almost blew the speakers away. Wow. Yeah, I found it on CD first. Mm-hmm. Like in uh, the late, early 90s. But then I found the vinyl at a record store convention, which is the original. You know, I don't think they pressed that more than once. And they were on Epic Records as well. Yeah. And yeah, it's a good album, man. I dig it. The few people might not know about that band. But Lee Gersman does, bitch. Yeah. In fact, um, in the liner notes to the CD, Rick Nielsen talked about, he said, that album to him, stunk compared to how they were live. He said, we were awesome live, you know? So that's why I would have wanted to hear them live to hear the difference. Yeah, which, uh, for those that don't know, Fuse uh, featured Rick Nielsen and Tom Peterson in the band. Yeah. Uh, They were called Sick Men of Europe. uh, Yeah. but, But they didn't release anything. They did write a song called Six Men of Europe many, many years later on the latest yeah. album. And have you heard that song, Six Men of Europe, from Chief No, I, I might have heard of it, but I, I, I forget if I've heard it. it. I don't think I did. It rocks, man. You'll dig it. Because if you like uh, Houses Rocking and Love Comes yeah. Tumbling Down, you'll love Six Men of Europe. Okay. It's a very heavy, fast, riffy tune, you know? I'll, I'll listen then. Right on, Lee. Lee, you rule, dude. Thank you so much for doing the right on. You rule too, man. man. And uh, everybody, you got to check out Lee Gertzman's show. And Lee, I've been liking what you've been doing now with Ken Mills on your show. Talk about that. Yeah, um, we're doing some called the Song Exchange. And that's where one week he picks a song. The next week, I pick a song. And we talk about the songs. And it's different because instead of reviewing a whole album or doing a really long podcast, we do them short and sweet. Of course, I talk a little bit more than the average person, so it's never going to be so short. But we try to keep it kind of at least under 20 minutes and we talk about songs that we like Ken will talk about a song that he wants to turn me onto and then the next week I'll talk about a song that I want to turn him onto well I've been really enjoying it and I spoke to Ken Mills the other day on the phone and That's you came cool. and you came up and he said he really enjoys doing your show. Hey, well he's a he's a really cool guy. 
I really love doing your show. Yeah. Um, I have to pick another album for you to do. <laughs> yeah. One of your wacky ass albums, like Wild Butter. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll um, I'll, 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 I'm not gonna make you do David Pomerantz. That would be torture. But I mean, you know, something with a little bit of a rock edge to it. Yeah, man. I mean, I've only disliked one album that you. Yeah, made me I, 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 I would want to do her other album, but um, I, 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 I might have to drag somebody else kicking and screaming to do that one. But I like Jody Grind, Wild Butter. I like all these obscure things that you. You know, Jody Grind did a a first album. Oh yeah. That, um, that 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 is a little bit different than the second one, and you know, um, a. If you'd ever want to do that one, that might be cool. Yeah, I'll do it, dude. Just let me you know. You know what's maybe. so weird? It's like I liked that whole album, and after you talked about how you only liked like four songs, after I heard the other songs that you didn't like as much, I went, you know what? You're right. Man, <laughs> you sort of changed my mind, damn you. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, but, but sorry for being such a great observer of music. You know, even though the stuff that you like that I don't like, I fiercely hate. The stuff that you like that I do like, I fiercely love. Right on, dude. I, 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 I understand your hatred. Look, I know I like a lot of shit that people hate. I'm very well aware of this, you know? But, hey, man, I can't lie to myself. I ain't no poser. I'm going to love what I love, man. A lot of people don't like it. Man, I even like the Van Hagar song. And you know how much I hate Van Hagar. You know, they say... I always have this saying, I'm like, you know, that when people say, well, this is my guilty pleasure, I'm like, dude, I ain't got no fucking guilty pleasure. Everything I like yeah. is a pleasure. I want to tell you that there's a guy who's been posting Van Halen albums and erasing vocals. He's only done that mostly with David Lee Roth. I want him to do that with the Sammy albums. Yeah. So then that way, you can hear some of the Sammy albums without his vocals. That'd you know be what nice. I mean? That would be nice. Yeah. But but even some of those songs without vocals, it'd still be torture to me. Fucking yeah. love come, what is it? Um, yeah. When it's love and shit. Nah, man. Vocals are and, not that shit. Boys. I don't like that crap. No, nah, me neither, man. That shit sucks, man. But anyway, yeah. we... You rule, dude. Thank you so much for being part of the uh, Vicky's Vagina. I mean, the Vieira Yeah. Ball. And when will you be able to be on my show again? Let's shoot for next week, but probably around this time. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm not I'll 100% think, I'll sure. think of an album that that I'll, I'll, I'll get drunk and think of an album. Right on, dude. Make sure, right make sure it's not too annoying. Um... I can't promise that, but but I, but I can promise that it. No, I'll, I'll try. Right on, I'll, Lee. I'll well, try to make it too annoying. No, I'm kidding. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. You fucking roll. Until you next too, time, man. Hey, smack him a god, bro. And a peanut butter sandwich to you too, buddy. Stay frosty. And beer.
Ah, <laughs> oh, that Lee. Hell of a guy. Well, it's time for The Vault. Yes, I'm going to play something from Cheap Trick, from the All Shook Up era. So follow me into The Vieira Vault. This week in the Vieira Vault, I'm going to play a live version of Love Comes Tumbling Down. If, if you heard what I said during it, this song was dedicated to Bon Scott. And you will hear it in this song because they play the song and then they go into an ACDC classic. So enjoy Cheap Trick Live 1980 on the All Shook Up Tour with Love Comes Tumbling Down.
1980 with Love Comes Tumbling Down and Highway to Hell. Well, that wraps it up for another Vieira Vault. I want to thank everybody that's listening right now. Like I always say every week, I love you. And keep those uh, iTunes reviews coming and YouTube uh, comments. I'm going to read them all in future episodes. I'm going to start doing that starting with this episode. So, tune in next week. I don't know if it's going to be Will Carol talking about the who or I'll come up with something you know I have to edit a special episode that's going to take a while to edit where I compile clips of the Dr. Fuck radio show where I actually had sex on the air and I got in trouble for it I still have that recording I found it and I definitely got to put it on a Vieira vault in the future and I just don't really have enough time to edit all those little clips as is now but I do have it all in a folder and it will be eventually made but if it's not next week which I doubt because I don't have enough time this week to do that it'll be Will Carroll or I'll come up with something so tune in next week on the Vieira Vault 
Thank you all for watching. Stay frosty and smack them a gob.